0: For absolute truths about the Lord, and what the psalm deals with, is uh, it deals with the why do the why do the righteous, or excuse me, why do the wicked prosper? And uh, and sometimes the converse uh, is is also true. If the righteous prosper, or the wicked prosper, and the righteous uh, end up suffering, why why is it? It looks like it's a it's a uh, uh, turned-up uh, principle, that uh, truth that is turned on its head. But that's not the case at all, and and we see that in Psalm thirty-seven. Psalm thirty-seven explains what that's all about. And basically, the bottom line of the whole psalm is that God is in control, no matter how tumultuous it might get uh, in circumstances and situations. God is always in control. And we're going to look at the the last two absolute truths about God here this evening. Let's all stand together, if you would, and we'll read verses 21 down through 31. Psalm 37 and verse 21 says, "...the wicked borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him... Shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth and His seed is blessed, depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart none of his steps shall slide let's bow our heads for prayer father thank you for the opportunity we have to come to church to worship freely to sing your praises to pray and now to settle down and and hear your word preached and we pray father that our hearts would be open to the word of god uh, lord help us to gain some understanding tonight help us to gain some wisdom from your word tonight And help us uh, once again just to appreciate the God whom we serve just a little bit more and help us to learn that you are one that can absolutely, completely, and totally be trusted with our lives. We pray that you would would guide and direct and bless and speak to our hearts tonight. We'll be careful to thank you for doing so. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. This morning we looked at at the first two truths, and the first first truth was that the Lord can be trusted. Uh, you know, He said, "Don't don't fret, he said, don't worry uh, about the wicked. Uh, God is in control, and you can trust the Lord." And secondly, the Lord knows and He understands. And there's I, there, there's such a an assurance, and one of the things that got really impressed upon my heart uh, in in this in this chapter is, is that God knows things that I don't know. And that that's where you come to a point where you say, listen, uh, I don't understand this. This doesn't make, may, maybe make sense to me, uh, what's going on in my life or what's going on in the world or what's going on in circumstances around me. But I know that you know, I know you're worth trusting, I know that you understand some things that I don't understand, and you have information that I don't have. That really is a, is a, is a freeing point, at least for me it has been, uh, that God, doesn't, uh, uh, God knows it all and, and does not necessarily reveal everything to us that he knows. Now, the third thing that that we find, and this is in these verses, is that God blesses his people. Uh, You know, after it's all said and done, God makes sure that his people are taken care of. Look in verse 23. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. We looked at this last week, and he orders his steps. What that means is there's no accidents. There is no such thing as an accident. By the way, there's no such thing as luck either. Don't wish somebody good luck. I, ugh, I don't, I don't like that at all. I, I like to say God bless you. Uh, that's fine, but uh, but don't don't ask, uh, you know, wish somebody to have to have luck. There is no luck in the Christian life. It's it's all providence. It's all God. And look down in verse 24. It says though he fall. He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hands. Uh, it says he upholds us with his hands. That means he protects us. That means he watches over us. You know, one of the things that we ought to be looking for every day is looking for the hand of God in our life. It's there. It's there. We just have to recognize it. We, we have to see it. Uh, I know there have been times when, I've been out on the road. My wife and I—we've traveled, and and uh, we uh, have a close call. Uh, I always give God credit if we come out on the right side of that thing. Uh, and we've put a lot—we put a lot of miles on our car. We've done a lot of traveling over the years, and the Lord really has taken care of us. We, you need to see His hand in that. It's not just happenstance that those things happen. Uh, it is the hand of God, and when when uh, uh, when you see the blessings of God in your life, when you see good things happening, and when you see difficult things happening, understand that's His hand too, because He's guiding and directing in your life. In fact, Romans eight twenty eight says, "And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called." according to his purpose. Now, it says all things work together for good. Uh, It's not always immediately obvious what that good is, but we have the assurance in God's (laughs) word that it's going to work together for good, and that we need to respond properly, and we need to respond right, and we need to be looking for the good, just like we need to look for the hand of God, we need to to look for for the, the uh, for the for the good that God wants to accomplish through the things that come into our lives. Then then uh, he talks about providing in verses 25 and 26. He says, "I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread? He is ever merciful." And lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Uh, Evidently, David wrote this in his later years, and he'd seen some things. And again, he's writing this as a personal testimony. He's saying, "Listen, uh, you know, I've, 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 I've proved God over and over and over again in my life. And our God can be trusted. Our God can 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 be believed, and we can." Take our, our life and place it in his hands. He said, he said that uh, you know, he had not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. In other words, uh, God will never leave you and he'll never forsake you and uh, he'll take care of you. Uh, he'll be merciful to you. Uh, God loves to dispense mercy and he'll do it at every opportunity that he has in our lives. Uh, look down at verses twenty seven through twenty nine verse twenty seven verse twenty seven says, Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore; for the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints; they are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off the righteous shall inherit the land." And dwell therein forever. And in, in other words, he's, he's just simply saying that he he won't forsake them, and he will preserve them. He'll make sure that they're they're cared for. Uh, he enables he enables us to be obedient. He says to depart from evil and do good. But he gives us the ability to do that. It's it's always right to run from evil. The Bible says, flee youthful lust. Why? Because you're no match for them. You know, there's some things you fight, but there's some things you just run away from. You get as far away from it as you possibly can. And that's, that's one of the, the principles that uh, we need to, to learn in our lives that you don't, you don't get as close to evil things as you can without getting defiled because the closer you get, the more possibility there there is of defilement. And so what we need to do is we need to to make sure that we keep a very, very far distance from evil, depart from evil and do good. Uh, You can't do those things without God's presence and without God's power. If you look down in verse 28, it says, For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the, the wicked shall be cut off. In other words, he gives you that power to, to stay from that, away from that evil. Uh, the Bible tells us in the New Testament that uh, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And he gives us the will and he gives us the the power and the ability to say no to evil and to resist temptation. We can't can't do that uh, in in our own power, But, but we can do it in God's power, and God empowers us to be able to stay away from those things that would hurt and defile us. Then down in verse 30 and 31, it says, "...the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment." The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. That's quite a promise. That that simply says that the the, the law of God, if it's in our hearts, if it's in our hearts, it affects our walk. It affects our talk. How you think is really how you are. It's not just how you act. You know, I I can remember as a kid trying to have... have, uh, two sets of behavior. Have a set of behavior with my parents, have a set of behavior with my peers. Uh, That doesn't work. That doesn't work. Uh, Because uh, I am me in both cases, and eventually the real me is going to slip out. And I I had that happen when I was a a kid. Now, at that time, I wasn't saved. I got saved, and uh, God began to do some things in my heart That's why I'm I'm convinced why the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It always starts in the heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. And if your heart is is, uh, fixed, then your steps will be fixed. And if your heart is fluid and goes back and forth and is unstable, then your steps are going to be unstable as well. Turn to your Bibles, keep your finger here, but go to uh, Psalm 57. Psalm 57. Psalm 57, look with me down in verse 7. It says, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Uh, oftentimes, and we're going to see a couple more, where where." The psalmist says, I have a fixed heart. What that means is it's firm, it's pointed toward God. Uh, I I know what I believe, and I'm gonna let it affect my life. Uh, There's things I I know I can do. There's things I know I should not do. There's things that uh, uh, please God. There's things that don't please God, and I have a fixed heart toward God. My God, when you have a fixed heart, it'll affect your steps. Go go to Psalm 108. Psalm 108, and look with me at the first verse. Psalm 108, verse 1. It says, Oh oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Did you ever notice that... uh, particularly in the book of Psalms, whenever he talks about having a fixed heart or having a stable heart, he also talks about praise. He, he talks about singing. I believe a heart that is fixed on him will sing about him. And, and uh, words of praise of God will will just naturally flow from from your mouth. It's not something that you have to force. It's something that's a natural thing because it comes out of a fixed heart. Go go to Psalm 112. Over just a page or so, Psalm 112. Psalm 112, look at the first eight verses with me. Psalm 112, verse one, says, "'Praise ye the Lord, blessed is the man "'that feareth the Lord, "'that delighteth greatly in his commandments. "'His seed shall be mighty upon earth, "'the generation of the upright shall be blessed.'" "'Wealth and riches shall be in his house, "'and his righteousness endureth forever. "'Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. "'He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. "'A good man showeth favor and lendeth. "'He will guide his affairs with discretion. "'Surely shall not be moved forever. "'The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance.'" He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his, his enemies. Says so his heart is fixed. His heart is not, not afraid. You know what that, that's referring to? It's referring to a stable life, a stable heart. Uh, over in the book of James, it says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Well, why is that? Because his heart's not fixed. And when you have a, a fixed heart, in other words, uh, you just don't want to displease your God. Uh, you want to make sure that your life gives him the honor and the glory that he so richly deserves. And when that is, when that is the case then uh, your heart will be fixed, and that fixed heart will show up uh, in in your steps and in stability in your life. So God God blesses his people, and then last of all, he uh, judges the righteous and he judges the wicked. Look with me in the last verses, verses 32 down through 40. It says, "'The wicked watcheth the righteous,' "'and seeketh to slay him. "'The Lord will not leave him in his hand, "'nor condemn him when he is judged. "'Wait on the Lord and keep his way, "'and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. "'When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. "'I have seen the wicked in great power "'and spreading himself like a green bay tree. "'Yet he passed away, and lo, he was not. "'Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found.' Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright. For the end of that man is peace, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them, Because they trust in him. God judges the righteous and he judges the wicked. Again, he does so in his own time. Verses 34 through 36, he talks about the fact that the wicked will eventually be cut off. Uh, Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Proverbs. Go to Proverbs 29 and look with me at, at the first verse. Proverbs 29. And if you've been saved for very long, you've actually seen the fulfillment of this verse. It's never fun to watch. And it's never anything that we ought to glory in. But in, in Psalm, or Proverbs 29 and verse 1, he says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck, uh, suddenly shall be destroyed, and that without remedy. It says that uh, a, a, a person who is often reproved and just gets harder and harder and harder and says no repeatedly to God, that person will suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. God's used that to get my attention sometimes because I've told God no on some things. And, and uh, you know what he's saying there is he only puts up with that no for so long. You say, well, how long does he put up? How, how long does he let that thing go? You have no idea, and I have no idea. I don't know where the line is, and I'm not so sure that the line's the same place. In fact, I know it's not the same place in each and every instant. But, but the Bible makes it clear that uh, he will make sure that, that uh, a person who has been reproved and says no to him will eventually be taken care of and will be judged, Look down in verse uh, 38 of back in uh, Psalm 37. Verse 38 says, but the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be, shall be cut off. Uh, he makes it very clear. He says, listen, I am going to take care of the wicked. That's God's job. That's not my job. And that's why the Bible says vengeance is mine I will repay, saith the Lord. That is never a place, never a place that you and I ought to stand. We ought to allow God to be God and let him bring forth that judgment. But not only does he judge the, the, the wicked, but he also judges the righteous. Uh, in verse uh, uh, chapter 32, go, go back just a little bit. Go back to chapter 32 and look with me in verse 33. Chapter 32, I'm sorry, Uh, (laughs) I got that thing wrong in here. Uh, uh, Verses 32 and 33, verse uh, of uh, Psalm 37, 37, 32, 33. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. In other words, there's deliverance, but it's God's job to deliver him. Uh, it's God's job to, to take care of us and to protect us. You go down to verse 34, and he says, Wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When, when the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. He says that, that eventually he's going to exalt those that are right. Now, that might not happen until heaven. But even if it doesn't, and, it, and it, that, that has been the case with some that have died for the faith, obviously uh, they weren't necessarily exalted on this earth, but they were exalted in heaven. You take eternity and compare it to this life, and it's just—it's literally a just a drop in the bucket. It's really nothing in comparison. And God says that eventually. His, his righteous judgment will come through. Look down in verse 37. Verse 37 says, Mark the perfect man and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's how I want to end my life. I want to end my life in peace. And one of the ways we can make sure that that, that is true and that there's peace in our hearts is by, by giving ourselves completely and totally to Him. Uh, down in verse 39, it says, "But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord; He is their strength in the time of trouble. Uh, he's the one who gives us strength." You know, you, you, I have read stories about people that have gone through things a whole lot worse than anything I've ever experienced. I've talked to some of you folks, and you've you've gone through some things that that I have never experienced before and you've talked to me about some things that we've been through and say, whoa, man, I don't know that I could handle that. You know what the bottom line is? You can handle anything if God gives you the strength, and he will give you the strength. We don't need that grace until the time comes. So we don't have it. We don't have it. But we, as soon as the time comes and we need that, that grace, we need that strength, we need that resource from God, God is always there to help us and be and be uh, strong on our behalf. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, I've, I've watched God, God do this over and over and over again in my whole life. Uh, have, you ever, have you ever been in a situation where there's turmoil all around you and yet in the midst of the turmoil, there's a peace and you're not upset? and you're not tossed to and fro, that's not you. (laughs) Can I tell you? It's not you. That's God, and that's God being strong on your behalf and giving you a, a stable attitude and a stable heart. Look down in verse 40. Verse 40 says, "'And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. "'He shall deliver them from the wicked "'and save them because they trust in Him.'" And all these things are promises. He says, listen, He says, I'm going I'm to exalt. I'm going to exalt the righteous. I'm going to deliver them from the wicked. I'm going to, to uh, make their end peaceful. I'm going to be strong on their behalf. I'm going to help and deliver. And the whole reason why that's true is found down in verse 40. It says, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and shall save them because they trust in him. And that's, that's really what this whole psalm is, is all about. It's about just simply trusting God and putting our lives in his hands. Um, you know, we sometimes have a lot of questions. Why did God allow this? And why did God, God allow that? And how come I've not seen the fruit of doing right in this instance and situation in my life yet? Well, the the. the, the the end result is, is just simply this, that all accounts don't come due today, or even all accounts don't necessarily come due tomorrow. Uh, they're all in God's timing, but God is not a debtor to any man. He never is, he never has been, and he never will be. So these are, these are assurances, and these are absolute truths that God gives to us that uh, about, about himself that we can, we can be absolutely assured of and therefore totally trust God. We can, we've got a God who can be trusted. We've got a God who knows and understands our situation and will get personally involved in, in things in our lives. And then thirdly, as we looked at tonight, uh, God blesses his people. You know, the Bible talks about daily he loads us with benefits. Uh, it's, our, it's our responsibility to find out what that is, but that's an absolute truth. Uh, regardless of what kind of a day you might have had today or, later, or earlier this week, every single day this week, God has loaded you with benefits. And the reason why he does that is because he, he loves being our God. And he loves taking care of us and blessing us. So God blesses his people. And then last of all, God judges the righteous, and he judges the wicked. And he makes sure that, uh, that, that uh, the righteous are are properly judged and the wicked are properly judged. I found a poem here several years ago that uh, really takes all of this this concept in this psalm and puts it all together. It says, it says simply this. It says, Thy way, not mine, O Lord, however dark it be. O Lord, O lead me by thine own right hand. Choose out the path for me. Smooth, let it be, or rough. It will be still the best. Winding or straight, it matters not. It leads me to thy rest. I dare not choose my lot. I would not if I might, but choose thou for me, O my God, so shall I walk aright. Take thou my cup, and it with joy or sorrow fill. As ever best to thee may seem, choose thou my good and ill. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I I pray that you would, through this psalm, both this morning and this this evening, teach us that we have a God that can be trusted. And you love it. You absolutely delight in it. When we just put all our faith and trust in you, regardless of what comes across our path. And our attitude needs to be like the attitude of the writer of this poem. Whether it be good or whether it be ill, makes no difference. Lord, you have a purpose, and we're willing to trust you for that purpose. Lord, work in our hearts tonight. Maybe there is something that we're struggling with that doesn't make sense to us. Maybe it's some, you know, some circumstance or situation around us. Maybe it's something that's going on in our own hearts and lives. God, I pray that you'd just teach us tonight and help us to get to that point where our heart is absolutely, completely, totally fixed. It's just steadfast and unmovable. And because it's steadfast and unmovable, it will affect our steps. It'll affect our demeanor. It'll even affect our countenance. Lord, I pray that you teach us to trust you. Work in this invitation. Have your will, have your way in our hearts for us. In Jesus' name that we pray, amen.